When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and thedraftnetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And uh, yeah, we're looking at some wounds tonight. Both the, both the Bears and the Bucks go down in ugly fashion, uh, but we're here. We're ready to podcast. There's plenty of good to talk about. Uh, Christian McCaffrey owners should be really, really happy. Uh, there's a lot of positives. And most importantly, the NFL is wide open. There has never been a time that I can remember the NFL being in a place where I have absolutely no freaking clue who is going to be in the Super Bowl in Tampa in February. And there is a lot of options. And I think there are definitely contenders, but they've all taken their lumps, including tonight on Sunday Night Football. So it is it is wide open, and that means it's going to be really fun from here on out because we're officially past the halfway point, as, uh, as Scott Hansen noted on Red Zone today to remind everybody that we are officially at that point and we are headed in the back half. So Let's kick things off, guys, with some headlines. Jamie, you stole mine, so go ahead and start it. Uh, you actually stole mine and Jake's, So, but it is the biggest headline in the fantasy community coming out of this week. So go ahead, kick things off. Christian McCaffrey is still Christian McCaffrey. That, that was the biggest takeaway. All this talk before the game about they're, they're going to limit his touches. He's not going to be in there very much, and he gets 28 touches in this game. Caught all 10 of his targets for 82 yards and touchdown. Get 69 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries on the ground was an absolute monster. Goes right back into contention right now because there's really like a three pack at the top for best fantasy player. It's Alvin Kamara, it's Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey is now there for the rest of the season. He jumped right back in there. Uh, he looked healthy. He looked explosive. It, it was a huge factor for Carolina being able to keep up with Kansas City's offense in this game and pushing that game a lot closer than many people expected and a lot closer than the spread was. So it's really welcome news for anybody like Paige, who has, has Christian McCaffrey and has been holding on to him and kind of waiting for this return because it just it seems like every single week there's a new top running back going down. And we're just like running out of options. We're finally starting to see some returns. Maybe next week Nick Chubb will be back. So maybe this is the first, the start of a stretch run where a lot of these top first-round running backs can finally come back and have the success we all thought they would have when we drafted them so high. Yeah. CMC is CMC. It was nice to see him out there playing against the chiefs and man, Carolina really showed up and it was actually really exciting to see that. How did we forget he was this damn good? Yeah, dude. I can't even believe that we, anybody ever really good. We're all like, yeah, like he was solid. 
like it's so life is so funny with the out of sight, out of mind thing. Like it's only been yes. a month. We forgot that the one of the three best, four best players in all of football was that damn good. God, he was so much fun to watch. He is he is so well rounded in the position. He nobody is Christian McCaffrey. Nobody in the NFL. He just and has he a gear so too. Great. Yes. Dalvin Cook has that gear. There's certain guys, but like there was a run today and you saw it from the side view. And then they showed the replay from behind where he's following the fullback through the hole. And there's not much there. But he knows that there's enough daylight for him to just go, I'm stepping on the gas. And it was like, boom, 15-yard run. That's just different, man. Those, there's only a couple guys that can hit the gas and do that. I just, going along with that headline, I just, I, I can't believe we forgot he was this good. I promise. We all did it. We all did yeah, it, right? Yeah, all like, did it. it. Just, yep. He was so much fun to watch, though. I promise to never disrespect you ever again, Christian McCaffrey. You deserve every ounce of praise and being drafted number one overall, no matter if you sit out the games or not, because good Lord, nobody path, nobody runs and catches the ball like he does. He's, he's phenomenal watch. And it was, it was good to see him back out there. By the way, I want to give them kudos page before we jump off this. I want to give Matt rule and this entire organization kudos. You lost three straight. And things were not good. It was. It would have been easy to go to Christian McCaffrey and say, get your ass back on the field. We want to put him back out there. They let him get 100% healthy so he could come back and have 28 touches. And they didn't go do that. They gave him the money, and they didn't go force him to get back on the field. I love what happened to Andrew Luck, and we've, we've got a million stories of guys that do this. I want to give them the kudos for that because that is not easy. You're in your first year. You got a long contract and all that, but you still had it going there for a while. You looked pretty good. Like it, it, I'm going to give them some props for not going and saying, we're going to put his ass out there. Because he could have said, okay, last week, he's going to have a package or two. We want him to have 12 touches. We're easing back in. But he wasn't ready. Like, I, I, I got to give them some serious props for doing that. Yeah, it's it's very rare in the NFL where you actually see a front office and a head coach actually comprehend where they are, right, as an organization and just understand that, like, it's not about the right now, right? And that's hard to do in the NFL because it's all about winning right now. But when you understand Carolina, they made a decision. They decided to bring Matt Rule, put him on that contract, made the deal that they did. And if you want McCaffrey to be there long-term, that was the right decision. But they deserve kudos for doing that because it's a lot easier said than done. That's for sure. Jake, what's your headline coming out of week nine? Sunday Night Football. The Bucks got absolutely – actually, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say the Saints absolutely embarrassed and demolished the Bucks. They didn't show up. They got outcoached. They got outplayed. They had their manhood taken from them. And it's a big headline because you went from the Saints losing today or the, the Seahawks losing today, and you could have been the number one seed. At home, favorite in the division. We talked about big brother, little brother, hit big brother in the mouth. As long as you win by one, the Saints aren't the Saints anymore. Well, they kicked the living shit out of you, and nobody on the team showed up. So now you got to go, okay, and you drop back to the five. See, there's seven more games. There's a lot of football left. This is not the sky has fallen. In Bucks world, the sky is absolutely going to have <laughs> fallen tomorrow. But it's not. you got plenty of football left. You're going to wake up tomorrow, Tom Brady, so your quarterback. You're never going to play this bad again. It was one of those things where the wheels just – the wheels didn't fall off. They were never there. Nobody showed up. you got your absolute asses embarrassed on national TV. Three games in a row now on national TV, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, you look like absolute shit. You uh, and, this, and you don't even give me the co you coaches. This ain't freaking junior high and high school in Newt Rockney. You don't get guys ready to play. You're a freaking professional, and you can't get fired up for Sunday night football, the only game on at home to win the division. 
you there's nothing that needs to be said from a coach to have you ready to play but something's going on with these guys when it comes to prime time that they've laid an egg they got away with it on monday night and they got their absolute asses kicked tonight Listen, we, we talked a lot about the little brother, big brother kind of dynamic that existed here. And it felt like they were ready. Little brother was ready to come up and knock big brother down, but big brother was kind of staying quiet, right? Big brother was a little quieter. Big brother, big was brother's kinda... girlfriend broke up with her and he was pissed and he stepped on your throat and didn't let your ass up and he drowned you in the yeah. freaking backyard in the pool. Like it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really bad. And it was definitely a reminder that, that team is still that team. And I think the, the Drew Brees, there is definitely, you know, we're not, we're not, I'm not going to jump back on the Drew Brees. He's what he was, whatever. But to doubt him is to not understand who he is as a competitor, right? I, I, I think will say this, Paige. I was pissed at the end of that game. As a fan of the NFL, as a fan of Drew, if you, could, you guys know me well, as a fan of Drew Brees and Sean Payton, For I think sure. Drew's done. He doesn't, he's, he's playing their offense really well. To get all this damn love at the end of that game for Taysom Hill and not talk about the way Drew Brees play, played at all for the first two and a half, three quarters of that game, he was spectacular. Like, you could talk of all you want about scheme and what the Bucs didn't do. Drew Brees was amazing, and he got no love. Like, Taysom Hill is this cool little gadget. Yes, it's freaking Drew Brees, man. Kicking Tom Brady's ass on national TV. Give him some love. That is, And it was absolute bullshit that that was the entire broadcast. So the fourth quarter was... Taysom Hill showing the scratches on the look at it's football. They all got bruises on their arm, man. That's bullshit. Give Drew some love. He played his ass off and embarrassed. How how amazing if you're Drew Brees are you feeling right now? That you just did that to Tom Brady in the division on Sunday night football. You should feel like, like the king of the castle, because you are. You should, Dude. but nobody else wanted to treat you that way. It's just it's it's ridiculous. I you know I love but, what they said in the beginning. Just enjoy this tonight. Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You should have, and you guys should have given him the love he deserved. It was absolute garbage, man. By the way, they kicked the shit out of him with Kamara doing nothing. Michael Thomas coming back and doing nothing. But everybody else that had a freaking white uniform on was involved because Drew Brees ran that offense to perfection. Yeah, I, I, rem I recall halfway through the first quarter, him having hit seven different receivers. That's what, that's what they – and I'm going, holy shit, that is so – ridiculously impressive that you are getting that many people involved in your offense that early on 12 different players caught a pass eight different players had a rushing attempt for the saints like, i mean that's... it it was listen to to jake's point about the drew Brees Taysom hill conversation i 150 percent agree but what i will say is it feels like drew kind of hears that Right. It feels like Drew oh, kind of yeah, takes it personally. That. It feels like Drew, like there were moments I recall with him and Sean, you could see on the sidelines when he's taking him out. He should hear it and he should be pissed. Look, and, Taysom Hill's a, a member of the Saints. He played his role phenomenally. He had probably his best game as a Saint. They used him in a bunch of different ways. He did a bunch of, but he wasn't the quarterback of the damn game that threw what, four or five touchdowns? It was, Drew was spectacular in the first half. The game was over at halftime and it was all Drew Brees. Don't talk about Taysom Hill the whole fourth quarter. That was, it was embarrassing to one of the five greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen on Sunday night football for them to talk like that. I, I, it pissed me off, and I wasn't even mad at that point the way the game was going. That pissed me off because he deserves more respect than that. 
Yeah, it's, it is, I, I found it and it's, it's not Taysom Hill's fault. Right. But it like, it taints no. my view of Taysom Hill because it bothers me so much how, how much infatuation there is around Taysom Hill. And I, I understand that it takes buy-in and whatever, but at the end of the day, he's going to get paid a good amount of money and he doesn't really have to do like, he's doing a lot, but he doesn't have the pressure of being a starting quarterback. Like he doesn't have to go in and, and learn the playbook and run everything and learn to get like it, like relax. Okay. Like I get it. He's doing, he's doing a lot, but we sit here and they're like slobbering over him in the fourth quarter, showing the bruises. And I'm going, guys, it's professional football. Like, I mean, to their credit, there wasn't really anything else to talk about. I understand. Show me some more Drew Brees stats. Yeah. Like Uh, you don't have to show me Taysom Hill's bruises. Like that was (laughs) It was just ridiculous, man. Like that, that really did bother me coming down the stretch. Like that was one of the greatest performances in that kind of situation that Drew's ever been played in. Yeah. When has Drew ever been an underdog in the division on the road on Sunday night football with a chance to sweep? And it was happens to be Tom Brady now. I mean, that was a big ass moment for him. And by the way, against a defense that has been elite against quarterbacks this year. Like, I mean, that that's, it was just, no, not the result that I expected. It is that the stat was like the first time Brady's ever been swept in a division series because it's never happened in the AFC East. And it's it, never been playing Drew Brees on the other side. No, that, no, uh, I, no I, nobody in the AFC East was ever in the vicinity of the conversation of Drew Brees and Sean Page. Not That's offensively. The no. The, no, those no. Jets defenses could give them a run at times, but th- they didn't have the offense to keep up with them like New, like New Orleans. We'll does. see if they can do a three-peat sweep when we see them in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, because they're going to be they're going to be at home. Yeah, it will. Um, I look forward to that. All right, my my headline is: I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor owners. Uh, Jordan Wilkins out snapped Jonathan Taylor again. Uh, he saves Jonathan Taylor saves his day. Cause he gets in the end zone. but this is frustrating. If you drafted Jonathan Taylor, cause there was a lot of hype around this rookie, especially after Marlon Mack went down guys. Right. So there was all this excitement about what this could be and who he is and how talented he is. But thus far it hasn't been what everybody projected him to be. And this, this Colts team is still frustrating to watch and I still can't figure out what they're doing. And I think there's, there's a lot of question marks about Jonathan Taylor, especially when he's getting out snapped. So I I know there's many, many people that are frustrated, but to that point, I I hate to say we told you so, but this stuff happens with the rookies, right? Where the rest of the fantasy community was losing their minds and, and there's multiple backs and they've still got Naeem Hines. And they, it's like, there's still a lot of other options there. And he's still a rookie. I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor can't be a guy next year that you really rely on. It's you fall in love with the running backs and, and it, it tends to bite you. So that was my takeaway fantasy wise from this weekend. He had a bad fumble too. Like he scored the touchdown early. He looked good on that opening drive a little bit. And then he had a bad fumble and they basically took the ball out of his hands for most of the rest of the game. And that's what happens. If you fumble, they're going to take the ball away from you. We've seen it time and time again, especially when you're splitting time anyway. Yes. They're just going to lean on, lean on the other backs there. And uh, I've already, so for the next week, I've already ranked 50 running backs because I'm a freaking lunatic. Uh, (laughs) I stopped liking running backs after 10. Yeah. Like it's just, I mean, I mean, I I have guys like, and you know how much I I've been an advocate for him, but like I have guys like J D McKissick in my top twenty four, 
Like this, I mean, it is, it is brutal out there. Like Jonathan Taylor's down at 29 for me right now. In my initial looks, it's just, you, you know, Devin Singletary who got no, who got what two carries today. Like, it just like, I don't know what you do with this position. This goes back to the conversation we just had. If you have a Christian McCaffrey, if you have a Dalvin cook an Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, now Aaron Jones that he's back covet these players because it, it gets really bad really quickly. Like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had an okay game because he got a touchdown, but otherwise it was barely used. Like it's finding guys that are productive for you week in and week out every single week. You can count them on one hand right now. Mm-hmm. Even even a guy like an Ezekiel Elliott in a year past hasn't had a, a season that you can count on, right? It's just there's – I reckon behind DJ Dallas this week. I know. DJ freaking Dallas. <laughs> the fifth running back on Seattle's roster. It's uh, like, it's slim pickings. We knew it was going to be bad. I don't think anybody could have predicted it would be this bad for running backs. Uh, I with the injuries and everything that was sustained. But hopefully you load it up like we told you. But one of those, one of those scenarios that if you got any of the guys that Jamie mentioned, you're really, really lucky because you have an automatic start every week. But pretty much everybody else, you're changing things in and out on a week to week basis based off of matchups, based off of what's happening, based off their last performance. It's just it really is your at a guessing game with fantasy right now with a lot of these running backs, which is super frustrating. All right. Stud and dud performances. Uh, Jamie, I will let you go first. Why don't you start off with your stud performance? Bring back a name from about a week and a half ago. And that's Curtis Samuel. Who's really, really excelling in in a bigger role. He's taken over the last month in the Carolina offense. He's averaging 19.2 fantasy points per game. They're using him as a straight up running back. Uh, Not, not just on jet sweeps. They're literally lining him up in the backfield and handing him the football. Uh, they're finding creative ways to get him involved. And he was the guy I thought might be the forgotten man in Carolina. You have DJ Moore who's been their big play guy. They brought in Robbie Anderson who had a lot of success early. You're obviously going to feed a lot of the offense to Christian McCaffrey. I thought Curtis Samuel might be the forgotten man in this offense after having some moments and flashes last year. And he's getting a bigger and bigger role every week and excelling. So he is somebody that is firmly in that like wide receiver, wide receiver, three wide receiver, four range. You need to keep an eye on going forward because they are finding ways to get the ball in his hands every single week. And this has now been a month long plus trend of doing this. Jake, your stud performance of the week. Tyler Murray. Look, we can talk about real life football versus fantasy football, but fantasy football wise, he's got to be up there. One of the MVPs, the rushing ability going over hundred yards today, the rushing touchdowns. I think he's up to eight. He was spectacular. Had a really bad fumble for a touchdown in the first quarter on a stupid play. He still has these mind-numbing plays during the games. And they didn't even win when he played that good. But 37, 38 points, whatever it was again. I mean, he's been amazing fantasy-wise this year. I hate that running back, running quarterbacks get skewed that much. It's like the one thing in fantasy that really skews the score. But, man, when you got one, it's awesome. He was phenomenal for me today. Makes a huge difference for you. Uh, I think at one point during the, I think it was the third quarter, he hit like 103 rushing yards. Like it was like at yeah. that point, like it was, it was a ridiculous performance and it was, man, that game should have been Sunday night football. Cause Tua and Kyler really put on a show. Like it was, 
that was a back and forth, lots of fun, really fun game to dial into. And then I went from that to watching Sunday night football. And I was like, well, not exactly the same fun, fun level as far as football consumption, but totally different scenarios as far as, as quarterbacks go. But that mid, that mid, that middle slate of football games today was really good. It was, it was really good with the exception of Pittsburgh, which we'll talk about later. Um, my stud performance of the week is Keenan Allen. Uh, wide receiver five over the last two weeks, as in he's the fifth best receiver over the last two weeks. He's got great end of the year matchups. Like if you look at between now and the end of this and the end of the year, there's like five of eight matchups that are really, really good. Him and Justin Herbert have a really good chemistry together. You're seeing that time and time again. Also, Mike Williams got hurt during this game. So I envision, I don't know what his update is. Um, and, and good Lord, can we just get Justin Herbert some help? That poor guy makes two throws at the end of the game to just win the football game and, and can't make it happen. But uh, it's been a joy to watch him. And Keenan Allen, a guy that just does it each and every year. He's hit a thousand yards, I think five of the last six seasons. Like one of those guys that just kind of does it and does it quietly. He's one of the best. He's really fun to watch. And you got really good value from him, especially as we're ramping up for fantasy playoffs. He's going to have some really, really good matchups for you. And I think you're going to be really excited about playing him. Jamie, you're dud of the week. Before I get into that, uh, because you brought him up, I want to mention that we got to give a little bit of a shout out to Isaiah Johnson, who broke up both of those pass attempts yes. to end the game uh, on just incredible plays and effort plays that he makes on Mike Williams. Uh, and I don't remember who was a part of him. It was Donald Parnham, I think, was the yep. second one. Uh, guys that are bigger than him that he made those those big plays on. And, you know, next week we have the very interesting uh, Kalen Balaj revenge game <laughs> or Herbert versus Tua, whichever way you want to look at it. I don't know. It's up to you. It's your call. Um, my dud performance, and I'm going to go a, a two-pack here because I want to talk about this Ravens offense, which has really, really been struggling. They got the victory. But it's Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, guys that are being started in the vast majority of fantasy leagues right now. You know, Brown's averaging only 7.9 points per game over the last three. Mark Andrews, 5.2 points per game. This offense is really struggling to get anything sustained across the board. They're just, they're, so I said they had, they're not running out of three tight end sets anymore after trading Hayden Hurst. And this offense, it's more than just that, but there are a lot of things that are happening with this offense right now. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward to our staff digging in this week to kind of figure out what, you can identify what some of the problems are, but why are they having that? Uh, but right now it's sinking a lot of fantasy offenses. You can't trust any of the running backs, uh, which you knew anyway. But Marquise Brown is a boomer bust flyer play at this point, especially given how, how many good receivers there are. And as bad as things are at tight end, you need Mark Andrews to give you something. Like <laughs> next week, especially with Travis Kelsey off and George Kittle's going to be hurt for the foreseeable future. You got Darren Waller and like a bunch of guys. Like you've been, you were hoping that Mark Andrews was going to really emerge this year. That was the narrative, right? That was a narrative all off season. He's going to get more snaps and he's going to be more productive with those snaps. But he's been far less productive. It, this, this offense as a whole is a mess right now. And, and even Lamar is still, he's QB 12. Like he had another sub 19 point game this week. Like it's just, he didn't finish among the top 20 quarterbacks. Like it's just it's just a mess right now for fantasy purposes. And it's not what you expected because you were taking Mark Andrews as the tight end throw. You were taking Marquise Brown as a wide receiver too. You were taking Lamar Jackson as QB one and you're not getting any return on that investment. Yeah. It's because you, you thought in theory, after they lose that playoff game, you're thinking, okay, they're going to just like they did last off season, right? They went back home. They took their lumps. They schemed it up 
and they came back and they were better, but that's not what we got this off season. They came back and people caught up and Lamar's not able to do the same things. And he's not as explosive as he was before. And Mark Andrews doesn't look the same in this offense. And Mark Ingram's been hurt. And they've, you know, it's, it and hasn't listened to me. The defensive coordinators will have an answer for you next off season. When you put up good numbers, I don't care who you are, what the offense is. Anytime we've ever seen it the next year, unless you change dramatically what you did the year before, they're going to catch up and have an answer for what you're doing. And everybody does. Yeah. It's an, even in a year where defenses are not playing great. That's the crazy part too. This isn't, you're not, <laughs> I think we, we can say that Indy defense is better than we were giving them credit for. Yes. Like Indy yes. as a whole, we still got some question marks. That defense is pretty damn good. Yeah. Indy's defense is keeping them afloat really, because that offense is kind of meh at the, at, at best right now. All right, Jake, your dud performance of the week. I got one that I told you guys about. I'm going to throw another one there. So Tunyon was just awful Thursday night. Tunyon Funyon. We all learned how to pronounce that. I've always been in the league for two years and didn't tell anybody until like halfway through this year. Uh, so one catch, 1.5 yards. The other one, I was kind of sitting here thinking of like another big DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what he ended up with, but when it mattered, he did nothing. He was like two for 21, I think, at one point in the middle of the third quarter. It was not good, and it's damn sure not what it's been. I think he might end up with five points. Um, that's three for a thirty is where he yeah. ended. Three for thirty what on three for thirty on three targets. Yeah, that's that's a that's horrible coaching. That. It's horrible coaching, horrible horrible quarterback play, and I don't know even what to say to that when he has been a target monster. Look, look, they got good corners. They ain't that good. Three he was open. Like that, I can assure you that, that I watched every that, second that of that football game. Day. Yeah, that was a it, bad day. He didn't get the ball until the third quarter, guys. He didn't have a reception yeah. until the third That's quarter. A they few announced games it. We've seen that the other the other weeks we've seen it. He blew up in like the, you know the Jets. He had nothing, and they had catches with a thirty nine to forty eight yarder for the touchdown. Has a big day. We've seen this a few times. Yeah. I don't know way. if it's an it's like an overcorrection. Remember, like he they yeah. went the first couple of games. It was like all DeAndre Hopkins, and then we were like, hey, now. Don't do what Deshaun Watson did where you start to rely on him. And then if anything happens, you don't have, but then it's like they overcorrected instead of coming to the middle and trying to involve Christian Kirk. And, and I like seeing Kirk involved and I like them going to him, but it's like DeAndre Hopkins is your best offensive weapon. Like you have to make him be a part of the, like this a happy medium. Yes, exactly. Come to the, the middle. And they still haven't found it yet. But by the way, very quietly, Christian Kirk has six touchdowns his last five. He's games. playing really yeah, well. He's been phenomenal. He's playing really well. They're involved. If he can in stay healthy. More. Yep. He can be that secondary piece, it looks like. Yeah, very excited about him. All right, my dud performance uh, that you can read about also in Jamie's column is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it just, I think everybody got excited about what could be, right? But this, as we talked about earlier, even with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it's not great. Like this, this running back scenario there is a guessing game, and I have Le'Veon Bell, and I held on to him through the Jets trade and everything and was thinking, okay, this could end up being better. It's not. And he's on my bench and he's got to stay there because I, I, I don't, I, I can't afford to put him in there with the amount of the, the lack of, of, of amount of the ball. He's just not getting the ball and they're not running the ball and he's not, it's, and I don't want to play this guessing game with the chiefs. So I was excited about holding him. I know a lot of people made trades to get him on the roster thinking that this might end up in the first performance was okay. He got, he got the ball a little bit more, but since then, He's not getting the ball. So Le'Veon Bell is going to be on my bench uh, until further notice. 
Yeah. And to that point, uh, I, and as Paige mentioned, I, I wrote about that in my 20 thoughts column. I do every single week that goes up the second, the, the end of the, the 425 games end. But they're going to a bye this week. You're not going to play them against the Raiders, even though it's a good matchup because you haven't seen anything from them. Then they turn around the next week and they play the Bucs and you're not playing them. Yeah. So you have to start to kind of consider. Now, the schedule gets a little bit easier for him down the stretch, but you have a bye week, an, a game you're not going to play him because you don't trust the work, and then a game you're not going to play him because you don't trust the matchup. That's three straight weeks now you're not going to play him. So this is an opportunity that if somebody else thinks is, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to turn around, or if you don't let, maybe you don't have a deep bench, maybe you only have four or five bench spots in your league and you can't afford to hold on to a player for four or five weeks, start exploring those possibilities because like we've said all along, like I don't know why the chiefs don't consistently want to run the football. I imagine they're going to make that switch very soon, or at least by the postseason. But in terms of fantasy value, I can't even predict when Clyde Edwards Alaire is going to get 10 touches. Yeah. More or less yeah. Le'Veon Bell. No, thanks. Um, I'm not playing the guessing game with them any longer. So I looked ahead and looked at the schedule, uh, knowing that the bye week was coming up. And I went, no, no. And Bucks, no. Even with the Sunday night performance, don't care. Yeah, Alvin Kamara didn't do shit. I'm not playing. You're not playing Le'Veon Bell in three weeks against his Chiefs, uh, against his Bucks defense in, on in Tampa. Oh, by the way, like I'm not, it's, this is, is slim pickings moving forward. All right, guys, we are going to go through. You got to admit one thing you did well, one thing you hit on and one thing you missed on. So as we went through our against the spread show, and then on Friday's podcast, you made one prediction uh, that went well, one prediction that didn't go so well. So why don't we start with what didn't go well? We'll start on a low end on a high. So Jake, I'll let you go first this time around. What did you, what did you miss on? Uh, I thought the Seahawks were going to go to Buffalo and win. Buffalo has lost two games in a row. Then they barely beat the Jets. They barely beat the Patriots. They look like world beaters. So while I wrote an article on how Seahawks, the Seahawks are not Super Bowl contenders because Russell has to play at this insane level at four turnovers today, their defense is so bad. It doesn't matter. And that showed up today. Josh Allen out. He didn't outduel. He kicked the shit out of Russell Wilson and this entire team. They were awful. They were absolutely awful. It was uh, it wasn't a great performance from Russell Wilson. And I think that's to the point of, of Jake and to many others it's if he doesn't play otherworldly, their team isn't good enough, right? He, and, and he's, they're on DJ Dallas is the running back right now. Like they've, they've sustained some injuries and it's like the second that happens offensively and he starts pressing, he starts pushing and, and starts to make some, some, some turnovers that we traditionally don't really see, but now we saw it in Arizona and now we saw it in, in Buffalo. So it's now two games in a row where we've seen these issues with him and, if he doesn't play at a MVP plus level, the Seahawks defense is just atrocious. So they're not going to win football games. He's pressing because he's not allowed to punt. Yeah. That defense, literally, uh, that defense is right now on pace to be the worst defense in NFL history in terms of yards allowed by more than 400 yards. Wow. Again, over that 2012 Saints defense. That is where they are right now. 400 the worst defense in NFL history would have had to play a 17th game to match the pace that Seattle is on right now. Yeah. Like it is, it is historically bad. It is why Jay wrote the column about that, about why that's going to keep them from being actual Super Bowl contenders despite their quarterback play. But you have no room for error. And you have no room for error, and you know you have no room for error and you play like you can't make a mistake. And when you, you continue to do that at some point, you're going to run into other good football teams and those other good football teams are going to beat you up. And that's what's starting to happen now in Seattle. Like 
it's, I mean, this is, I would not be surprised if we're at the end of the year, we have a different MVP candidate and it's not nothing against Russell Wilson, but if he's going to have to, he's going to turn the ball over like this because he's pressing because of that defense, like that's not changing. Like, yeah, Carlos Dunlap came in, had a pretty decent game. Jamal Adams came back at a pretty decent game and it didn't freaking matter. This defense nope. is so bad. It, look, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be one and done most likely unless they lose the division and get to play the Eagles or something. Like Otherwise, they're going to be one and done. I implore you to listen to Pete Carroll's post game because it blew my mind where he's talking about how we prepared for Buffalo to run the football and they didn't run the football. And I'm going, I cannot believe you freaking said that out loud, dude. I, I really, and I respect the hell out of Pete, but that like you prepared for Buffalo to run the football, excuse me. Also, when they weren't running the football at halftime, did you not think maybe we should make some adjustments? Because uh, I didn't see any adjustments coming out of half. I, I, if I'm losing my mind listening to this post game press conference, I go, man, I and what a weird, st- what a weird scenario where I find myself defending Seattle, a team that I really hated for a long period of time. But here we are, uh, Jamie. Your uh, your one thing you were wrong on here, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah. I was afraid that this would, I was afraid under normal circumstances, this would be a letdown game, but I just couldn't bring myself to believe that it actually was going to be not with the talent disparity on both sides of the football between these two teams. And yet the Steelers had to fight and scratch and claw to the very, very end because they, you know, what it around for most of this game, but they, they got the win, but this team has some serious flaws right now. That defense is not playing at the level that people think they are in general or that their name value says that they are. Uh, James Conner, who I thought would feast in this ma- the matchup, didn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball effectively in this matchup. I, I This was like, look, Ben's final numbers in this game look pretty good, but it was a struggle to get there, and he led them down the field. If he's not the issue, it's just that I, for a team that's undefeated, for a team that we're talking about as the top team record-wise and a, and a Super Bowl contender, they did this game did not need to be this close. Like, it, it was... They, they, uh, quite frankly, for most of this game, felt like they should have lost this football game. Oh, they should have lost I, this game. I cannot believe with the players that were on the field for both of these teams that the Steelers came out as flat as they did and stayed as flat as they did for most of that game. Like, it wasn't like Dallas surprised them, got up one twenty-one nothing, and then they Pittsburgh spent the rest of the game outscoring them 35-7. to Dallas kept pushing every single time, and they didn't have a lot of answers for it, which is ridiculous because Dallas is one of the worst rosters right now in the NFL for the guys are throwing out there. Garrett freaking Gilbert. Okay. That's all literally that's like Pittsburgh. I have nothing right. And in the end of the day, they're eight. No, for the first time in Pittsburgh Steelers history, right. That it set a record They're there ain't no right. Like you, you can, you can knock them, but man, even at eight, no, the eight, no, hasn't been pretty. None of these games have really been pretty. They've been down to the wire. They played everybody close. They played bad football teams close. But this was like, this is an epically bad football team. This isn't playing the Giants close. This is a this is a third string quarterback you played close. Like, and you fancy yourself a top tier Super Bowl defense. You should feast on this team. And you're in the star. You're in. You're at Jerry World. Like, I don't. I don't understand how you don't get up for that game. It's, it wasn't, uh, it was definitely, that's a collective L that's an L for the whole group because we, everybody had faith in Pittsburgh. It's a collective L for really the whole NFL community. Cause I don't think anybody, everybody was just dunking on Dallas and waiting for just an epic failure of a game. And it wasn't Dallas was in it till the, till the very end. 
Jake, what's your uh, thing you were right on? Uh, that the Ravens were a lock of the week to go to Indy and win, and that they're overrated and they have serious problems. <laughs> um, I didn't pick them to win the division. I said they were going to take a step back. They've got some issues, and I'm not sure. Like I can't. I agree with Jamie. I can't wait to hear what all we dive into and find out why we're seeing that. But I really thought they would go. And Lamar Jackson was the difference. I thought when a superstar gets embarrassed and has all those questions, he wasn't great, but he was good enough to win. Uh, and their defense, they they got it done, but they got problems. Yeah, they certainly have their own problems, but that was a lock of the week. So hopefully you took that one and made some money along with the crew. Jamie, what did you get right this week? Clean sweep on the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Uh, I had Kirk Cousins in my sneaky starts. We talked about him on the show. I had the Vikings as a lock. I had Kirk Cousins play, uh, touchdown prop in my plus, plus odds only player prop list. Uh, 220 yards, three touchdowns. He's now 5-0 and as a, as a Viking starter. Uh, against Detroit, 11 touchdowns and no interceptions against them in the last four. Uh, this was a dominant performance by Minnesota. Like They've looked really good the last couple of weeks. It might be a little bit too late at this point in the season uh, for them to really make any sort of a push here, but this was a big game for them, and Kirk Cousins just owns the Lions. Like Just like Mitchell Trubisky owns the Lions. Uh, it's like there's sometimes these guys, especially when against – and you can read a little bit into that when it's a lot of the same personnel, it's the same coaching, it's the same scheme. It's not like he's going and playing a team that, you know, sometimes you'll see these, the college ones, like in the last 50 years where like none of the players involved ever played anything. Uh, look, Kirk Cousins had a lot of success today. Uh, he's looking a lot better, even though it didn't really translate to guys like Adam Thielen and Jefferson had an okay game, but Cousins and Dalvin Cook have been enough here. And this was a, this is one I thought would play out this way. It's how it's played out historically. And sometimes things just come together, which was nice because it's been a rough couple of weeks on, on the betting front uh, compared to where we normally would be. So I was happy to see this across the board. Fantasy and gambling uh, wins all the way across. Yeah. By the way, was... Aaron Rodgers owns the freaking Lions too. So like, but he's Aaron Rodgers. very good. <laughs> I know. But if you're the Lions, that's everybody in your division owns your ass. Yep. That is not a good, that is not a good thing. And I think honestly, of the of the starters right now, right, Aaron Rodgers has probably lost the most games to the Lions just because he's had the longevity of of being in the of being in the division. Because Mitch has never lost to the Lions. Uh, I Chase, think it's one. Chase Daniel hasn't <laughs> lost to the Lions. Kirk Cousins uh, hasn't. When he was Kirk Cousins, at last hasn't lost to the Lions. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like Aaron's, oh. Aaron's one loss to the Lions is the leader probably. in the clubhouse. Probably they had some good, they had some good him and Stafford a few years back where, where Jim Caldwell was coaching and they were actually yeah, battling each other. That was actually uh, when the lions had, you know, a chance at actually showing up or playing meaningful games. All right. Monday night football preview, the tank for Trevor bowl uh, Patriots at jets. It is. I, I shockingly to look, I understand that the jets are a bad football team, but I'm looking at Patriots minus 10. I'm going, are the Patriots a 10 point favorite on any team at this point in time? But you know what? The Jets are the Jets. So as of right now <laughs> on Bet Online, Patriots are a 10 point favorite. Jake, how do you see this game playing out? I'm going to ride with what I wrote down, which is 28 16 Patriots. So I somehow have them covering. I know this is a BS line, I know they're getting more points to have three or four weeks in a row. I have no analysis for you other than I'm going to ride out what I wrote down. I, get, I have no idea. 
the problem is, is no, they shouldn't be 10 point favorites, but can you make a compelling argument that they're not going to beat the Joe Flacco led jets by more than 10 points? Like Absolutely I can't, not. no, that's like, why I'm still riding with like, it, like, but I got nothing for you. Um, I guess if you're looking for some solid news, uh, Jameson Crowder is going to be back. Uh, and he'll be productive for you fantasy wise. Uh, you know, I feel like we're the, the Jameson Crowder hype show on, uh, on this. The dude uh, deserves like my, all the credit. My brand the is like Jameson Crowder and like JD McKissick PPR points. That's, how, that's where I've gotten in my life. Uh, but other than that, like, it's just, it's, it's not good. Like they're just, they're just so the jets are, I, I want to read this to you. I want to pull this up because it is when I wrote this and when I did this stat, which by the way, by the time you listen in this, you'll be able to see the preview that on the draftnetwork.com. But we talk about how bad these teams are, but I think we have to understand the scale of how bad the Jets are compared to literally everybody else. So the Patriots offensively have been struggling. They're 21st in total yards, 29th in scoring. The gap between the Jets and the next worst team coming into the day is the same as the gap between the second worst team in the NFL, which was the Giants coming into this game, to 20th. There's an 11 team gap between where the Jets are and the next worst football team offensively. The Jets are averaging 11.9 points per game. 11.9, and they're starting Joe Flacco and Frank Gore and the Michael P. Ryan and Braxton Berrios. Like, I know the Patriots have been bad, their defense has been average. But average is such a tremendous upgrade from what the Jets are putting on the football field right now that I have a hard – like, look, if, if the Jets back to recover this game, I'm, I'm going to, like, throw my hands up and go, yeah, okay. It's not like the Yeah, Patriots just don't good. bet on this football but, game. Like, just do me a favor and just don't bet on this football game. Like, you like this is not hyperbole. They're horrible. There's got to like, be a player. They're bottom five in everything there's in gotta... defense. The worst offense we've seen in some time. Like, they make the Bears look competent in offense, and they're the freaking hey, Bears. If you watch hey. – yeah. Hey. They're the Bears. The Yeesh. Bears can't do anything Yeesh. on offense. And the Jets hey, are you're in the same boat as me, honey. Neither one of us got an argument this week. We no, I ain't saying sh- and, You got to sit back and take it. No, I got That's nothing to point. say. I got nothing to say. There's got to be a player prop that we like on betonline.ag that I like significantly better than trying to pick 10 points for the Patriots or the Jets. Hell, I'm about to lock this game in after listening to Jamie. Oh, shit. I'm feeling good about my No, no, no. I'm Jake, good about this. <laughs> do not Jake, lock this no, in. No, as you know. No. <laughs> Do not ever follow me on primetime games. No. We've established it. This year, oh, it's not. Oh, that is true. Uh, that uh, is look true. what happened. Look what happened to the Bucks. It's probably my That's fault. True. Like, I, Honestly, not Thursday, I, I write this say week. that the other day. Well, you prefaced your whole pick by saying that. I, I'm putting this I warned you. you. Now, the Packers were, the Packers were fine. They were able to do final it. final thoughts for the show. <laughs> uh, we will release some player prop on the TDN fantasy Twitter account that you guys can inevitably bet on probably Jamison Crowder receptions over because Jamison Crowder exists and they don't really have anybody else. The only thing I will say about this is that I was pitched the tinfoil hat uh, from a very, very, very loyal listener of this podcast. Who's from Boston uh, that, that they are going to tank out for Trevor. And I'm going, I love that. That's how you think because that fits what you want to happen. But he had all these blogs and things that he found and Linda, Bill Belichick's girlfriend, some Instagram posts. And I'm going, you guys, this is where Boston is. And it's marvelous. Enjoy every moment of the fact that what is happening in Boston right now is they're 
they are scouring Instagram to find reasons why they that Bill Belichick is tanking and good God feed all of that to me. That is incredible that that change has happened so quickly and it is so funny to me, but I had to bring it up because I, I mean, there's a lot there and there's a lot of Patriots fans that are living in this, oh. this world. So you're not being, but, the, the Jets are not winning this football game. I'm no, sorry, Patriots fan. By the way, I, I found your free money bet. For this oh, game. here we go. Free James Carter's over under for catches is four and a half. Oh what yeah. Freaking oh, planet. Yeah. What planet? Four and a half. That's a joke. I don't care if I'm throwing the football. He's getting the ball five times. Unless he like, leaving this game in the first quarter. It may be at eight and a half, Jamie. Like if it was yeah. eight and a half, I'd be like, ooh, so I don't know. If, maybe, if you maybe start we'll to take over. So on, on Bet Online, if you do, and I, I like these, this is where I get my because you do have a prop builder. So if you want to do the ones we build it yourself. So right now, if you, you can get six catches at minus one, because right now it's minus one fifteen if you want to do over four and a half. If you want to just do catches at least six. It's my it's even odds seven, mm. which is what he's done at least seven every game he's played this year, plus 147. If you want to get bold and eight, getting more than three to one. Oh, those yeah. are your bets. I love it. The problem, I, also don't like hate that. you. That's I, just I, don't hate I didn't know they had that's a cool feature. Yeah, yeah. so they, they, these are these are really fun, and you, you can see these. I, I put them up on late on Fridays because a lot of times they don't release the props till closer to 5 p.m. Eastern on Fridays for a lot of these games, but you can kind of build your own. Uh, and there's scaled odds. So, I mean, you can get yourself in trouble too. Like, just got to remember that you don't have an advantage. But if you really like something and you feel like, well, the over under is way too low, you can scale up at greater odds if you really, if you really like a player doing something. So, uh, it's uh, that's but four and a half. I mean, they Let's must make think some he's money this early. Jameson like, I Crowder. I love it. Four and a half. Trying to find the last game, Jamison Crowder had four and a half. Had you said he's had seven receptions in every game that he's played. Seven this. or eight, every game this year. Like I'm so looking, I'm there looking we right go. now. There we go. Let's take the let's take the plus odds there and make some cash because that sounds phenomenal to me. Uh, Jake, while Jamie is looking that up, you can give us your final thoughts. For another crappy week as a whole, if you just take my against the spread picks from our show the other day, it's really damn good. So I'm going to brag on myself because it was a crappy week. and I'm not going to say how bad it was because I dunked on myself the other day. So I lost the Seattle game for a lock. But Baltimore hits. The over-under in Kansas City, Carolina hit. The over in Las Vegas hit. The uh, Las Vegas Chargers hit. The dogs were the Giants and the Raiders. They both hit. And the stay away was Denver, Atlanta. So while Atlanta ended up covering that game, that was a pretty damn good show. For now, I'm like – I don't know, six freaking wins again this week against the spread. It was another crappy week. So I'll dunk yeah. on myself and say it was a pretty good, pretty good week. If you just looked at the against the spread show for the stuff that we picked out to do, it was pretty good. Yeah. See, listen, maybe we'll just start putting putting out that stuff because I think that uh, that's been pretty good to us. So if you haven't checked out, it's it's something new that we're doing, guys. So it's not it's not under the TDN fantasy umbrella, but it's part of uh, this show specifically. Mm -hmm. So on Thursdays, ahead of Thursday night football, you can check out on Twitter specifically, we'll put out a show called Against the Spread. So for everybody that listens to the podcast, it's not every game, but it's a few things that we like. A sleeper, underdog, locks of the week, um, an overall, a team total that we like going into the week. So an over-under. Um, so be sure to check those out because it's been really fun. We're really enjoying it. And, and the show has been really, really good. So uh, Jamie, your final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, my, my final thoughts are, I want to reiterate what we talked about at the very top of the show, and, and Jake talked about a little bit already, of just the, 
I don't want to use the word parody because I feel like parody is is more positive. I, I think it's that the lack of trustworthy defenses around the NFL this year has brought everybody down to this certain level. Uh, we, we, this lack of dominance on defense is like we look at Seattle and their struggles. We look at other teams that have been, you know, had some success, even like even Pittsburgh, even Baltimore, like they haven't been as dominant defensively as they were last year. You know, we was talking up Tampa and then you saw what happened tonight. It just feels like it, and these are not just like one off every, every defense or every team has one off bad performances, but we're seeing multiple of these and this lack of trustworthy, consistent defense allowed around the league has allowed a lot of teams to kind of come back to the pack. They're allowing the Kansas cities of the world, despite having the best football player in the world and a dynamic offense to struggle with beating. You know, again, you lose to Las Vegas, you hold on against Carolina. They're a far better team and far more talented team than either one of those two squads, but their defense is not performing well enough to have them blow out these games. We're not seeing blowout games. Only one game, I believe this week was greater than two scores. And it was a Sunday night football game. I think there were only like two or two games more than one score. Nobody is separating themselves from the pack in the standings because nobody's separating themselves from the pack inside of games. And that's because nobody can stop anybody on a consistent basis. And it's allowing these teams to have a lot of success. It's an exciting brand of football at times, but I truly feel at in this moment, there is not an elite team in the NFL. And we've been leaning that way the last couple of weeks. I know I brought up this as my final thoughts on various podcasts, but in some ways that's really exciting. But in some ways, it's disappointing. Uh, and I think it's exciting because I like not knowing, not being able to narrow it down to like two or three teams at the midway point of going like, yeah, we sure something weird could happen, but we know it's one of the two, one of these two or three teams. I mean, right now, I mean, I'm looking at the playoff picture right now, especially even the extended one with, with the extra wildcard teams. And I'm just going, yeah, I mean, like the Ravens are in a wildcard spot right now. They could, in theory make a run if everything plays right. Tampa Bay is in that spot. You know, Arizona, I mean, Green Bay looks good at times, but then their defense gives up a million points. Like there's no team right now I feel super confident in. That I said, I have to put a large sum of money that this team is going to come out of one of these conferences. I couldn't make that bet. I would bet on KC just because of the quarterback situation, but their defense has had issues. Buffalo's defense has had issues. Pittsburgh's defense at times had issues. Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans. Like these are the top seeds in all these conferences with pretty damn good records, but they all feel beatable. They do. And I think when we, when we end up looking back on this whole year um, and my final thoughts will just be off of what Jamie said. When we, when we end up looking back on this whole year of football, the impact of not having a traditional off season, the impact of no rookie camp, no training camp, no preseason. That is what we are seeing culminate throughout this whole year is that there is more injuries, right? There's more the COVID list and guys having to sit out and it's, it's a wild card. It adds an aspect to the game that you're not usually having to deal with. And that creates an environment where in the NFL, the difference between the top and the bottom is usually not that much different. And there's a lot of teams that are in the middle. There's a lot of teams that are between nine and seven and seven and nine. And they're one or two players away from being on the flip side. And, and that is why this year has created this environment where it kind of just feels like this is what we're going to get because we can't guarantee on a week to week basis, who's going to play and who's not. 
because we have this virus that has you know, swept the headlines and it has infiltrated all of our lives. And, you know, the NFL has done a really good job of keeping the guys safe and making it very well known that like Matthew Stafford had to stay away from his team all week long and ended up not having COVID, right? Just because it would the, of the, like, that's how serious he had to take a private plane to a hotel and stay in a separate wing of the hotel. He didn't even see his teammates until he was on the football field getting ready to play the game. Like that's how they, they talked about this on the broadcast. Like they had, they're taking this very seriously, but it also creates this environment where it's a, there's a lot of variables more than there are in a traditional season. And I don't think that's going to change for the re, for the remainder of this year. I think this is what we're going to have. And like Jamie said, there's an excitement to that because it's like gambling. You don't really know you're taking your best guess, but th- there's, there's no, there's no guarantees, but there's also a part of me that wants the stars to be the stars, right? There's a little bit of, I want to see the best teams in the best environments playing each other. And it feels like a little bit of that is not happening, but I do think we, you brought up Kansas city. When you have a player like Patrick Mahomes, it's going to separate you. And that's, and that's where you go down two scores against Carolina and you never feel out of the game because you got a guy like him. And that's there two or three teams in the NFL that feel like that. And when you get guys like that, you should hold on to them because there's not very many of them. So I think if you're a chiefs fan, it just gives you, you know, that much more confidence going into the cold weather time where, you know, they're, they're probably going to be okay. And you came out of Buffalo thinking, okay, Buffalo's uh, Josh Allen looked like MVP Josh Allen today again, but he's had two dud performances back to back. And now he looks like an MVP again. I mean, it's just, it's all over the place. So we're obviously just happy to have football. That's my final, final thought. Even if it's weird, there's going to be a lot to take from this year where we just sit back and go, yeah, that was strange. And that was a really weird brand of football we got in 2020 that in five years we'll look back and go, you remember when every team got their ass kicked? Because that's pretty much what's going to happen. There's going to be one game where every team gets their ass kicked and it's just not really how football traditionally goes. So that is my final, final thoughts. Jamie, tell everybody how they can check out your content and follow you on social media. Follow me at Jamie at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You can see all of my rankings, all the articles throughout the week in the fantasy section of thedraftnetwork.com. And my final, final thought is rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Uh, that yeah. was the very unfortunate news that broke just before kickoff uh, today. I know the, touched the lives of many people, uh, kind of felt like a family member coming into your homes for, oh, I mean, a countless number of years. So uh, he was a big sports fan. I used to cover hockey. He's a humongous hockey fan, did a lot of things with that. So uh, there was a, a piece of somber news to begin the day and just wanted to kind of give him a shout out at the end of the show to kind of put a bookend uh, on today. Uh, no, no good way to follow that up other than uh, rest in peace, Alex. Uh, you were a joy for a very, very long time. Uh, there's very few people in public I that are universally loved like he was. And that is a testament to being amazing at what he did for so long that there were people of every race and every gender in multiple countries that absolutely adored that man. And um, what a life, what an unbelievable life. So rest in peace and all the best wishes to his family. 
Uh, Jake jumped off so you guys can follow him at Jake B. Arians. That's how you guys can find him on Twitter. He is putting out some, some content uh, that he's writing about as he teases his Seattle articles. So you guys can check that out at the draftnetwork.com. You guys can follow him at Arians NFL on Instagram. You guys can follow us, the show, at TDN Fantasy on Twitter, at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. Our intern, Henry, has been putting out some great content on our Instagram channel, so be sure to check us out there. Subscribe to the pod. (laughs) Subscribe to the podcast as usual and enjoy Monday Night Football. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.